I don't want to pound this one out. It's gross. Alright, welcome to another episode of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name is Daily, as always. I can't even handle it. Bart is you already this, chuckling. You do this every week. People out there, the listeners, you can't see this, but every time we do this, when Daily is going to do the opening, he has to do this thing where he, make, he strikes a stupid face. <laughs> it's like he's creating the audio pause before he says, I do. Oh, welcome to the... That's exactly and what I do. he just strikes a stupid face for a solid, like, two seconds, <laughs> and I just... I just sit here and try not to laugh out oh, loud, thank but you, inside, Bart. anytime. I appreciate that, sir. Uh, this is the Daily Screening. To, uh, this week we are tackling two feature films, uh, hopefully both within the span of about 60 minutes, <laughs> because there's a Super Bowl starting and people are coming to my house to watch the game. And so. veggies must be chopped. And I have to go chop some veggies. I've been, <clears throat> you know, I said I would chop veggies like five hours ago and I haven't done it yet, so. Um, Good husband that you are. Two movies we're talking about today. Uh, one, an oldie but a goodie, The Born Identity. We're starting a full Born franchise rewatch because Bart's never seen any of them, and Correct. I still haven't caught up to the last one with Jeremy Renner. Do you really um, want to? And then, I kind of do. Are um, we calling him Jeremy Renner or Hawkeye? No, I'm going to stick with Jeremy Renner. Um, and then I will not. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, and then we're also going to talk about Nightcrawler, uh, one of the newer films of uh, 2014, or the last films of 2014, and with uh, Oscar bait. Jake Gyllenhaal. I know. Well, we'll we'll get into that as well. Uh, but let's start with Born Identity for you know those listeners who perhaps you know they haven't caught up with Nightcrawler this year. They can at least you know ease themselves in. They can listen to Born Identity. It's like a you know. 13-year-old movie, so they, they've probably seen it at this 13? point. Yeah, 2002. I looked it up because I couldn't remember when it was. So yeah. it's 2002. It sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're, you're, I've seen uh, the first, all three Matt Damon movies. Um, I've seen them all. At, I would say I've probably seen them all twice, uh, but I haven't watched any of them in a long time. But yeah. Bart, this was your first time watching, so yeah, I'm really yeah, yeah. curious to hear what it's... your sort of initial sort of gut reaction was. I had two major gut reactions. Okay. One was The Rock. The actor The Rock? No, the movie The Rock. Okay. The reason The Rock is one of my favorite action movies. Sure. For one reason. Nicolas Cage? Nicolas Cage, unlikely action hero. Oh, sure. Okay. And I see where you're going. Yeah. I don't love Matt Damon. I just don't. Um, okay. now, and part of the reason, hold on, yeah. is because he has what can only be described as a resting stupid face. <laughs> He just, like, has a vacant expression most okay. of the time. And so I appreciate the fact that in this movie he was cast in a role where the main character has no memory and therefore should have a resting yeah. stupid, resting stupid face works in his favor there. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the same reason why I like The Rock so much is because Nicolas Cage cast as a dorky, unlikely, balding action star yeah. who finds himself uh-huh. in this situation. Totally. Works. Now, do you like like goofball Matt Damon? Because I love goofball. I love Matt goofball Damon. Matt Damon. 
but that's not what this is. Like, at like all. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, yes, like the, yes, the yes. Good Will Hunting spoof. Yeah, like, I, I love I, that shit. I, I watched yeah. uh, fucking uh, Dogma recently. Uh-huh. Yeah. Love it. Oh, like, absolutely. Sure. I like that that Matt Damon, the self-reflective, like, self-effacing, blah-bitty-blah Matt Damon. Do you have the same problem with the Oceans movies? Do you not like him in the Ocean movies? The Oceans movies are enemies on to Because he's, like, kind of a goofball, but he's, like... Well, he's kind of a goofball in everything. Yeah. And the thing is that it sort of works in this. Well, he's, like, the butt of all the jokes in the Ocean movies. You know, like... Honestly, that's another potential rewatch because it's been so many years. All right. Fair enough. um, That I don't really remember a lot That's fair. Which is fine. But, like, I I appreciated that they found, like, a, a diegetic contextual use for mm-hmm. his resting stupid face sure. and his like kind of goofball personality okay. in this. Okay. <clears throat> it sounds like the second one he's going to be more serious. And we'll I'm, I'm I have very little recollection of the second one. I will say this up front. I remember the first one pretty strongly and I remember the third one. I don't really remember a lot of the details of the third one in uh, so much as I remember really liking it overall and I remember like there's a turn in it. There's like I don't want to call it a twist, but there's sort of like a turn in it that I remember vividly because I remember thinking like, oh, that's awesome. That's like a really great kind of reveal kind of thing. But the actual details of the movie, I don't remember very much. The second one, I barely remember. Yeah, so I mean, here's me in action movies. There are a certain set of action movies that I enjoy because they're really good action movies. Mm -hmm. Terminator 2. Yep. Predator. Die Hard. Sure. All right? And then there's a set of action movies that I enjoy because... The people who are cast as the protagonists are people who are, in a certain way, playing themselves. Okay. This would be one of them. Sure. The Rock, Triple X. Yeah. Because just like, you you cast... Fast and Furious, for that matter. Yeah, right. You cast an actor as what they... You just typecast the protagonist, and it works because it's that person. Sure. Um, And that's a strength of this movie. I'm worried about the second one. Yeah. Because, again, it seems like, oh, now he knows who he is, sort of. I mean, I'm, I know there are more layers to this mystery. Yeah. They left deliberately. A lot of things open, way, yeah. Which is fine, and I'm guessing that's where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And that's also fine. Oh, sure. Um, there's a, but, there's but, a yeah. lot of, you know, I, I couldn't, I haven't watched this movie in such a long time. I couldn't get over, and Jamie even commented a couple times, like, just how fucking young and skinny Matt Damon is yeah, in this movie. Yeah. His face is so angular. Like, it almost look. he almost reminds me of, like, Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. He's, like, so skinny and gaunt. Like, that, like, if, if Matt Damon made this movie today, you'd be like, holy shit, Matt Damon lost, like, 70 pounds for this movie, yeah, you know? Yeah. But no, that's just what he looked that's like just what he was. 13 years ago, right. you know? It, it made me want to go watch uh, Google Hunting. Oh sure, yeah. Which is, I don't even think he's that fit in Goodwill Hunting. He's I don't chubby re- in Goodwill Hunting I compared to this. This thing is like I don't really remember Goodwill Hunting. I yeah. remember it being really good, but I don't really remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from like a couple of scenes. Oh sure. And I, I kind of want to go back and see that because I remember not minding him at all in that. Yeah. Um, where in other movies, it's like, uh, why are you here? <laughs> um, one of the things I really liked about this movie is, like, I forgot how much how good this movie really is. Um, and because like I said it's the first time I've watched it in probably at least ten years, maybe yeah. even longer. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I, I this movie is really good, like way better than I remember well, okay. it being. Okay, so that's that was the second thing. Um, yeah. So the first thing was that you typecast Matt Damon. Matt yeah. Damon fine. Um, and then the second thing was that. As you have told me, this was the first real uh, 
the, the birth of the this, shaky this, cam. Yeah, this and the was quick this, cuts. this was the birth of quick cut shaky cam, which yeah. at this point is an is old hat. Mm-hmm. And it makes me wonder if this movie was better when it was new than it is coming in now. Oh sure. I mean, if I came in and watched The Matrix for the first time now, or I watched Twenty Four, yeah, for the first time now. Or any of these things that rely on a visual gimmick. It rely, yeah, rely on a visual gimmick that spawned an endless series of copycats. Right. That over time became really, really tired. Yeah. Um. Or, or even even like Blair Witch, for instance. Oh, sure, absolutely. It was like, it makes me wonder if this movie has not aged very well. That was the question that I had, and I have no way of knowing because I didn't see it before. Yeah. I imagine it was new. It was like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, so here's what I'll say is that uh, having seen it, I don't think I saw this movie in the theaters. I think I saw it later on DVD. But yeah, um, what I'll say is, you know, so like, you know, relating it to The Matrix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were lots of shitty copycats of Bullet Time afterwards. Like the biggest one that I always remember is Charlie's Charlie's Angels. Angels. Yeah, Charlie's Angels. Really shitty copycat of Bullet Time. uh, Scary movie. Yeah, exactly. But that's a spoof movie. So you're, okay, they're spoofing it actively. Charlie's Angels is just ripping it off. Yeah. Um, But what I'll say is that uh, watching this movie, it was like, oh, this is why Quick Cut Shaky Cam became a thing. It's the same, like, when you watch Matrix, you're like, oh, yeah, bullet time. I, I, I understand why seeing it here, like, you know, whether or not it's the first one or not, but you see it and you go, oh, no, that's a really well-executed effect, and I can see why lots of people would want to copy that. It's kind of the same thing here. Like, yeah, we've seen lots and lots of, you know, pretenders to the throne of shaky cam, quick cut, whatever, but it's like, no, no, this is... Like, this is it executed really, really well. Yeah. You know? And, and it was. Yeah. And for that, I can... And the thing is, like, it's it's done so... Even even having seen it done shittily by many other movies, it was like, yeah. oh, no, no, no. I am, like, this is what they were all chasing. This is the rabbit they've all been chasing right. for years. And, and I mean, you know? I, I cannot argue that point. It was done really well. And I appreciated that it was done so... I, I want to call it casually. Mm-hmm. Just like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it and doesn't like, feel... And it's just like, oh... It's just over. Yeah, that's the way they're, yeah. or I feel like it's separate from The Matrix. And The Matrix was like, you know, and kind of the nature of Bullet Time is like the movie stops so that you can watch this effect, you right, know? Right. In in Born, it's like, no, 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 this is just a component of the movie right. that blew everybody's mind and that then everybody copied. But, it, like, the movie doesn't, like, force you, like, bash you over the head with, hey, look at how fast we're cutting the edits and how close right. the camera is, you right. know? And that's the thing is, that, like, the way that they had... Or I, I'm assuming the way that, dir- that Damon was directed to play it was like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Yeah. Well, and okay, so especially that's... like when he beats up those two cops at the beginning, it's just like, yeah. Whoa. So that's the other thing I really like about and that's, this movie, and that's where it plays into this resting stupid face, right? It's just like, what? There's a great psychological element to this movie, yes. which is, you know, a guy who, you know, okay, so there's a guy and he doesn't know who he is, he doesn't know his backstory, and he's trying to figure out you know, his own sort of personal history, that's all well and good. But what's great about this movie, what sort of elevates it, or what's great about this character, is the idea of, you know, that he has these these skills, that he has these sort of uh, uh, muscle memories that just sort of assert themselves yes. without his control. Right. That, that, that he is put in a situation and his body and his mind just react faster than his consciousness can track it so that like a thing happens 
and he doesn't know why it just happened. And he has to try and figure out, like, why do I know how to do this? You know? And he has that scene uh, with with uh, Marie where, you know, he's like, I sit in this restaurant and the first thing I do is I'm looking at the exits. And I'm tracking how many people are at the bar. And, like, he, he's like, I'm, I, these are all the things that my mind is doing and these are all the things that I'm noticing. But I don't know why any of that is happening. Right. And there's a really great, like, disconcerting psychological element to yeah, that. Yeah, and that's what made it good. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I and I and I love that because it's it's it, it elevates it above the sort of a mistaken identity amnesia story to right. like there is something fucked up with my humanity. There is something fucked up with my personhood, and I I, I don't I don't know what to do with that. Um, but on top of it, you just get like really badass action moves. Yeah, I feel like this is a movie that if I had seen it in the moment, I would have liked a lot more than I did in 2015 not that i didn't like it now but with the added element of it being new and a new thing yeah would have been great absolutely yeah um so there's obviously there's all the like quick cut shaky cam action fight scenes and he gets a bunch of them he fights all the various treadstone assassins um and there's a bunch of them uh and i love the treadstone assassins because they're all just sort of also everyone's in this movie fucking clive owen yeah no okay so that's what, what i was gonna hell? say it's just like a bunch of like vague like menacing european dudes and also clive owen <laughs> yeah i was like what the fuck but i love what no, he no and, and and julia styles julia styles in this movie no also. reason yeah who we also talked about last and week and that other guy and, uh, and fucking brian chris cox. cooper chris cooper and yeah, brian chris cox yeah brian cox is like everyone in this yeah. movie is like oh, uh, oh hi wait till you get to some of the later ones because more like weird random people like that show up i'm i'm excited for it for you um but okay so i love uh the fight scene with the blonde guy when when uh born's in his uh paris apartment and the weird blonde guy like busts in through the window and he fights the blonde guy and then the blonde guy jumps off his own jumps off the balcony to kill himself yeah that was amazing <laughs> i was like oh the scene where he just he just stands up and runs out the window it's like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I, I mean, was, I, I watched it, I was like, wow, that guy was real committed. Yeah, right? Um, and some of this stuff I feel like is kind of, there's stuff here that I feel like is kind of hinted at in this movie that will become clear in later movies, so I, I don't want to say anything All right. about where it goes. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, let's go to Clive Owen. Clive Owen, the you know, the sniper in the, in the field, in the farmhouse, um, and you know, this was one of Clive Owen's like big breakout roles. I was wondering about that yeah. actually because he he's, he's in a tiny little part here, and I was like, "That's fucking Clive Owen." He had starred in some like independent movies. I think he had done Croupier already, um, but this was one of the movies that kind of like put him on American consciousness of the American audience. Like I always think like, of him as almost bond yeah exactly because he's almost, almost bond. been bond many times yeah um, and this was one of those things where it was like he had this one little part in this born movie and you know it was like you know having worked at a at an uh, uh talent agency i can say that like this is the kind of part where it's like you get a couple of scenes one good scene one good dialogue scene that's like memorable with a legit american movie star mm-hmm. and that's the kind of thing that an agent will like build your career around where it's like oh he has one, he has that one good scene with matt damon he's that that scene that you remember with matt damon and you know 
that, that they will like pitch him in like a million other movies yeah. that like try and build the career up. Like that's that that scene can build a career, and that's exactly what happened. Speaking of which, yeah, was that the girl from Run Lola Run? Yes, Franco Potente. Okay, absolutely. I thought so. And absolutely, I was, and I didn't look it up. In fact, halfway through the movie, I was like trying to remember her name. I was like, I can't remember her name, but she's the girl from Run Lola Run. Yeah, <laughs> has, has she been in anything else? Uh, Besides those two movies? I mean, not especially. Not recently. I haven't seen her in anything recently. So. Okay. Um, but, uh, so not only do we have these sort of quick cut, ca- shaky cam, you know, fight scenes, and you get, yeah, you get the guy, one of the blonde guy, um, and then obviously the finale one, but we'll get to that. Um, but there's also a really good car chase in this movie. Yeah. And it's like, not only is it a good car chase, but I also feel like it's a super European car chase. <laughs> Because he's in the oh, little okay. Mini Cooper it's and he's European, driving down alleys it's, it's and sidewalks European and shit. Because, because it's a Mini. Yeah. Like a proper Mini. Not yeah, like a BMW Euro Minis, Mini. Yeah. But like a proper old Mini. Yeah. Yeah. But he's driving through like narrow alleyways and he goes down a stairwell at some point. Did, and... did, did you ever hear the Top Gear interview of... Uh... Fuck. What's his name? Brian... Brian... Uh... I, don't, I don't know. The lead singer of ACDC. Oh, Brian, uh... Yeah, that guy. That guy. Fuck, fuck, what's his name? And he was talking about how his first car was a Mini. And the reason why it was so great is because you could slide the windows forward. (laughs) And and so she could put her legs through it. (laughs) (laughs) It's an amazing interview. That's incredible. In in, in the same interview, he he likes to... He talks about how he... ACDC was putting on a show mm-hmm. in Moscow during the Cold War. And he fucking pissed on Sputnik. <laughs> so it's just like it's the most amazing interview. Oh. Um, I uh, I really like uh, there's there's a couple great bits in this movie. I really like the uh, like the overall production design. Like there's a great like color palette in this movie. It's all like blues and greens and grays. Like something about it just feels like it feels like a very European movie. Even though yeah. you, Matt Damon is your fucking movie star, everything about this movie just like reeks of like with the exception you know... of things being in English for no reason. Well, yes, there's that. And I watched this, so I'm not gonna lie, I yeah. torrented this, and so I don't know if there were subtitles originally over the like sentence here sentence there no not really german or whatever no for the most part there aren't really a lot of subtitles i was wondering because i feel like this movie were made 10 years later those everything would have been subtitled yeah yeah no very little is subtitled here it's just kind of like it it reeks in its europeanness which is you know this movie is directed by doug lyman uh and in fact so he left after this one he did this one and then he didn't do any of the other born movies oh really but, you know, Doug Lyman went on to do many other movies. Most recently, he did uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> I um, call it Tom Cruise yeah. as Tom Cruise in the future with, uh, what's her name? The Tom Cruise video game with Emily Blunt. With Emily Blunt, um, correct. But, yeah, I mean, this was this was the movie that cemented Doug Lyman as, like, action movie star, uh, action movie director. Because yeah, yeah, before yeah. that, his big name, his big credit was Swingers. Oh. He did Swingers, and then he did Born, and it was like, oh, he can make action movies. That's and another that's movie I haven't seen in a hell of a long time. Kind of his thing, then. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah. So I love, I love the color palette here. It's a lot of blue and green, and then there's a lot of like neons too. Like whenever it's like a night scene, it's always like 
gray, like, like green or bluish, but there's also like big pink neon signs everywhere, which feels yeah, very European to me. You know, it's me. funny. I feel like that's, that's ordinarily the kind of thing that I notice. Mm-hmm. I mean, like really notice. And I didn't this time, but I don't know if it's because I watched it in the morning. Yeah. No, that's co- fair. Without coffee, but again, typically the sort of thing I will notice. Yeah. And I didn't, which means, which suggests to me that it was actually executed very well. Yeah. Um, if I didn't notice it. There are some great, like, individual, like, action beats in here from Matt Damon. And this was really, again, like, this is one of those movies where, you know, and it, it was early in Damon's career, like, post-Goodwill Hunting, where, like, you know, Damon and Affleck were both sort of trying to assert their own individual careers and trying to find, like, hey, can we do, like, big, you know, uh, uh, franchise-type movies? And, you know, Affleck did a bunch of action movies that didn't really go anywhere. This was sort of the big hit for Damon, where he did this, and it was an action movie, and it worked. You know my, you know that in my mom's head, they're the same person. Oh, I, I'm aware, yeah. Damon Affleck. Yeah, Damon Affleck, yeah. yeah. Um, but he's got some great bits where he, when the, where he like, free climbs the building down when he's caught in the embassy, and he, like, you know, climbs down the building to get yeah, to the alley. Yeah, that was an interesting scene. I was like, it's very convenient that this building has lots of handy ridges. I know, right? I mean, I, I went rock climbing all, like, not all that long ago, and I was like, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's convenient. Whatever. Yeah. Um, I also really like uh, the bit where, the, the the last action sequence, when he's got Chris Cooper and all the other agents. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he's got the two guns. And one of them one is upside down. One of them is upside down, and, upside down and he's shooting with his pinky finger. Yeah, that shit's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then he rides the fat guy down the stairwell. <laughs> he literally like like hides behind the fat guy and like jumps, like pushes him over the stairwell and like rides him like a surfboard down the center of yeah. the stairwell. That was the only, that was literally <laughs> the only time in the movie that I was like, really? Yeah. That was the only time. That was the only. <laughs> well, and it's was... the very end, so that's when it should happen. Right? You and go I like, was like, all right, is, I'm this... an hour and yeah. twenty five minutes right. into this, so this, that was the only time I couldn't quite suspend my disbelief. I was just like, fair. what, really? Totally fair. But other than that, yeah. And I really appreciate, and I don't know if it's just because this was two thousand two, right? Yeah, yeah. That there was no CGI or almost no CGI. Yeah, no. Um, I, it's I mean, a lot of practical. Effects. You and I both love practical effects you got yeah. a car fucking crash that thing absolutely um like get some stuntmen keep those guys going fuck yeah uh, it's just so much better uh-huh it's so much better i hate cgi um especially at that time yeah like let's talk about blade trinity for a second oh i know no, let's yeah not, let's not really no let's not do that um there are a couple Maybe of the second one i don't know there are also a couple of great cameos in this movie i don't want to call them they should i shouldn't say they're cameos there are a bunch of appearances by, like, minor actors who have since, like, gone on to great stuff. And yep. at the time were sort of nobody. Yeah. But you watch it now and you're like, oh, fucking that guy. Like, Oh, for, I did that a lot. For example, Walton Goggins is in this movie as, like, one of the various CIA guys. Yeah. He's on Justified. And you're like, oh, fucking Walton Goggins has yeah. 13 lines in this movie. You can ask Jenna when she gets here for the game. This is like, how many times was Bart like? Yeah. Oh, fucking that guy. Uh, the the guy that that Bourne is supposed to assassinate, Mombosa, uh, that's Mr. Echo from Lost. The yeah. guy who has like, the big prayer yeah. stick and shit. Like, oh, fucking that guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot um, of that happening. And one of the other CIA guys is uh, I don't I don't remember his fucking name, but he's uh, he's on Fox's uh, Grace Point, the remake of Broadchurch from the UK. And uh, like I, you know, he was also in House of Yes. Like he's just a weird, creepy, like middle aged white guy dude. But so. he's one of he's one of. But you're like, oh fucking, I know that guy. Yeah. He's on that other thing. Yeah, yeah he's fucking. He's one of those. He's, oh, that guy. Yeah, he's one of 
those that guys exactly right and brian cox the ultimate that guy well so. brian cox is brian cox exactly um, uh, well listen i don't really have a lot of no, other we stuff should, to... we should we should wrap this up yeah exactly but uh, i mean thoughts like you, did you enjoy it you were did you did you it like was, it it, you it was fine i yeah. i still don't love matt damon um <laughs> i just don't but did not I, change your matt damon no, opinion. but i appreciate that they utilize his resting stupid face general <laughs> oblivious demeanor yeah and like it I, I appreciated that yeah you're gonna make an action here out of him do it without his knowing it. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm curious to see where the later uh, installments. So am I. How, how how they how you react to the later installments. So am I. All right. So we'll see. Do we need to pick a heart of Ghostbusters for this one? Because I oh yeah, pick. absolutely. Ah shit. I have I have uh, I have some thoughts. Uh, what else? I mean, I think for me, I gotta go with Clive Owen. Yeah. Clive Owen, he, he he makes such an impact in such a yeah. short amount of screen yeah. time. I've I mean, gotta go with Clive Owen. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Yeah. Uh, am I going to just go with you on that? I mean, Julia Stiles, I feel like, is another no, way to get No, I don't want to have a drink with her. She sucks. That's fair. No, um, living in her little French loft. You know she took that job because she kind of sucks. No, no, no. I feel like maybe it's the other way. I feel like maybe she's got, like, like she's literally running that office by herself. Like, I'm she doesn't have, like, anybody else. She's just, like, running France. She's running Paris that by herself. That doesn't make it a fun drink. It might be, though. It might not she be. She might be running an entire CIA program right, in Paris, all right, all right, lone all right, all right. wolf style. I'll go this far. Okay. If you get her drunk enough... <laughs> That she loosens up, then it might be a really fun drink. Fair enough. And again, I don't have a really, I don't remember a lot of the details of the later ones because I haven't watched them in so long. Yeah. But I feel like she she gets more to do in the later movies, I think. That's fair. So. That's fine. But yeah. for this one, I'm saying, if you can get her to loosen up and be, yeah. be more comfortable in her own skin, fine. Okay. 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 So, so who do you like instead, then? <sighs> Because I kind of expected you to go with Brian Cox to a certain degree. I kind of want to do Yeah, you exactly, exactly. You want to go with Brian Cox, right? I, I kind of do because I'm sort of a dick. Yeah. So, Brian Cox, because I always want to have a drink with Brian Cox. You always want to have a drink with Brian Cox. In see, any movie, you want to have a drink with Brian Cox. Is, do I want to have a drink with Brian Cox or whatever character he's being? Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, that's totally I, fair. I, it's definitely not Matt Damon. Yeah. It's not the girl. Whose name I can't remember. Ever. Marie. Marie. Whatever. Run, Lola, run. I couldn't it's remember. It's not Lola. It's not fucking yeah. Lola. It's not run either. Um, it's not the guy with the kids. No. Yeah, the guy with the kids is another maybe option. Cl- Clive Owen is a distinct possibility. Other than that, no, are... no, no. It's Brian Cox. Yeah, it's Brian Cox. Okay, it's there Brian aren't Cox. a lot of supporting characters. Yeah, no, movie. it's Brian Cox. The end. All right. All Good right. enough. Next. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler it is. Holy shit, Nightcrawler. Fuck it. Okay, so, man, Jesus Christ. This is another, just another one of those movies that cements how badly the Academy fucked up all their nominations this year. Granted. This movie Holy is good Lord. so fucking good. It's the, really good. It's ridiculously it's good. It's really good. And the, it was only nominated for Best Screenplay. And that's astounding to me. How did Gyllenhaal not get a nomination? How did Dan Gilroy not get a nomination for Best Director? Like, how did this not get up for Best Picture? Again, like, this only... Watching this movie only made me more angry that Theory of Everything and The Imitation Game got nominated for a million things. I'm just gonna say, this is one of the best movies, the best executed movies that I have seen in a long time. Right? Like, it's really good. And you know what? Considering the subject matter, yeah, it's not 
it's 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 really troubling mm-hmm. without being really disturbing. Well, okay, so there's and that's a really hard thing to pull yeah. off because like it's. I have to give it to Gyllenhaal, and I, I, I wanted to lead in this with, like, in my brain, I want this to be what Jimmy Livingston from Bubble Boy becomes no, see, over time. But I can't. I can't. He did such a goddamn great job. Gyllenhaal pulls off the sociopath thing so well. So well. I li- so it's you wrote astonishing. You wrote Jimmy you said Jimmy Livingston. I wrote down this is what Donnie Darko grows up to become. If he yeah. do- if he doesn't die in Donnie Darko, right. he grows up to become uh, like, Lou Bloom. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Like he hats yeah. off. Hats off to him. Yeah. He Unbelievable. Did, How does he not get nominated? How he the did fuck does he not get such nominated? An astonishingly good job. Yeah. I bought Every second of yeah. his character. Okay, so there were two strong elements to this movie. The first... You know what happened? He fucking dated a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Pachelbel's canon. You know yeah. that fuck Pachelbel dated a cellist and yeah. hated her. Exactly. Like, there. So, so I think there are two strong elements to this movie. The first, like, undeniably, is Hall as Lou Blue. He's... Excellent, and that's and it, which is to say that like much in the same way that I think you know last week we were talking about uh, Inherent Vice, yeah, and it's like if you really get into Joaquin Phoenix in that movie, like it can carry you through the fact that the narrative doesn't make any sense if you can, yeah, if you can, which I didn't, you didn't, and that's I... and that's totally fair. It was too long, yeah, like a minus a half hour, sure. yeah, yeah. But like anyway, Gyllenhaal, yeah. his performance is so like he owns this movie. Absolutely. Gyllenhaal absolutely owns this fucking yeah. movie, and like yeah, he's fucking crazy. Like, I mean, and sociopath is the right way because yeah. Yeah. there's a there's a weird way to the way he speaks where it's like he and at one point somebody asks him like, "Have you ever worked in an office?" and he says, "No," and you're like, "Really?" because you talk exactly the same way well, as see, every other person in my office. See, that's the thing is that he is so good. Yeah. At quoting corporate nonsense. Yeah. He speaks in, like, nonsensical jargon that, like, it's the jargon. corporate that's, environment, that's like, That's the correct up. word. Yeah. yeah. That's the right word, is he's, like, everything he says. He, I have dated a sociopath or two, and... <laughs> yeah. And the thing is that it's, like, he regurgitates... Uh, scripted nonsense. Yeah. He's overly with, articulate. With such poise... And and sincerity, yeah, that you completely believe as a viewer that he buys into it completely, and that and that it defines the character that he is that he is, yeah. And I think it's like we've seen him in any number of roles, absolutely. And he, I don't know. I mean, he he is very very good at yeah. suppressing Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, and being. Jimmy what? Livingston, yeah, being Donnie Darko, being Lou Bloom, yeah. It's like, uh, and 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 he changes his physical appearance enough, and his I don't know there's something about his face, yeah, such no. that you can buy that he there's is. There's a weird emotional detachment in this movie. Yeah. So uh, uh, last night, Jamie and I watched Bad Words, the uh, Jason Bateman directed movie about the guy, the grown up adult who who competes in a kid spelling bee jason bateman directed something yeah it's really good actually really it's really good okay um but he like as a sort of throwaway character moment in the beginning he has like a monologue and he says like oh yeah i i proofread um i proofread like product instruction manuals basically 
Um, <laughs> I would believe that. And that, but that's how I felt about Lou Bloom. Yeah, is it's like it's like he has just internalized like corporate training videos. It's right. like he doesn't actually right. know how to interact with human beings. Right, but he has watched enough like weird awkward stilted like videos of how you should interact with people and he that, just regurgitates that right. cadence you but, know but it's not a regurgitation for the character no 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 it's, regur- it, it's like it's as a like, human it's like i don't so so for example so it's detached. like the autistic people who it's like they don't know how to interact with a person but they memorize social cues it's like oh when your mouth does this that means you're happy right therefore i need to react in this yeah. way like that's the way he talks to everybody in this movie yeah, and it's 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 like appropriately creepy. Mm-hmm. Like there is such, I mean, okay, so he, I mean, again, spoiler alert. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a nightcrawler who goes and has a police band radio. Yeah, and goes to crime scenes and, and fucking video films tapes. it. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and in order to do that and not go fucking bonkers, you have to detach yourself from the content. Exactly. Um. You know, he hears about a death or a maiming, headless victim, yeah. house fire, brutal, like, three, He just like, shows up and takes and, it, yeah. And, like, for him, it's not a tragedy, it's an opportunity. Exactly. And if you marry that with the corporate bullshit of, of opportunity for growth and company growth. Yeah, the way and, he talks to his partner is, right. like, really and unsettling. And it's really, really unsettling, but he does, like, then this is the the strength of the performance is that it's really really unsettling content yeah but the way he delivers it is that it's not disturbing yeah to you you don't feel like he okay so this is and this is you don't the, feel like he's gonna suddenly kill you you feel like this is a person who's really unpredictable yeah so and that's and that's the 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 the, the very subtle but important line in this movie yeah is that you see him gradually over the course of the movie you know, go from taping stuff. No, going from going from stealing a bicycle to get money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go from stealing stuff. Yeah. To taping stuff to subtly changing. Like he he encounters like a traffic accident and he drags a body like th- you know twenty feet over to the left so just so, so he can frame a shot so that better, it's framed better. Yeah, and exactly. And and like it's no big deal for him. Yeah, exactly. It's and it, it, but it builds up to like him literally staging news right basically up to him like like getting information and sitting on it and waiting until he can create a situation that will be a better you know cinematic moment for him right. to sell to a news agency right. and the feeling of it is that it's it's even though it's genuinely disturbed like troubling and disturbing to you yeah. as a viewer to him it, he has no emotional attachment to it no, whatsoever. Right, it, it doesn't do anything for him. Yeah, and that's why the performance is so good. Exactly. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, and it and it really has. A, I feel like it really has a lot to say to our like weird voyeuristic culture of yeah. like that. You know, yeah. that we're about seeing what it you know what's going on without actually being involved. And that's the other element to this movie, right? Which is like you know when we think about it. You know, there's 24-hour national news. There's CNN. There's you know Brian news. Williams. There's there's BBC. You know, there's like the Everything. big world news. Right. But then there's also local news. Yeah. And when we think about it, generally we think of the local news as being like this really kind of like boring, safe, like sanitized, See, like 
oh, this happened in this neighborhood right. and this happened in that neighborhood. What's great about this movie is that it really kind of – it shows you this, like, weird seedy underbelly of the local news. Yeah, and it's it's weird for you because you tend to think – like, when you watch the local news, you yeah. tend to think of it as how it might impact you, mm-hmm. specifically in your neighborhood. Exactly. People who are like you, whatever. And that very plainly and very openly is the target demographic – of the people that he wants to sell his news to. Absolutely. And Rene Russo, too. But the thing is, it's you never think of people you see on the news as people. Like, this is a person who wakes up in the morning and has coffee and exactly. then takes a shit. Or whatever. Like, these aren't real people. It's just the thing that's happening in the world. Yeah. But but it, it makes you aware of the fact that these are actual people. And that's the... That's the uh, the importance of I don't even know his name, the side character, his his Rick, uh, Rick, Rick, yes, his Rick. partner, Rick. Yeah, is like Rick is your access point to be like these are actual people. Yeah, when, just like you. When when they encounter the other Stringer van, the Mayhem van, right? And it's like run into a pole, and he's We're like fucking Bill Paxton. Yeah, and he's like, don't film this. These are these are these, they're one of us. They're, they're one of us. They're yeah. our people. Like this isn't like you know you gotta let them be. And he's like, no, no, no. Like he doesn't care. You it's know? a job. Yeah, it's just this is what I like, and it's. To dissociate yourself from those around you mm-hmm. is such a deliberate, methodical, sociopathic yeah. fashion. And it starts at the very beginning it's when he has really that really disturbing. When he has that scene at the very beginning of the movie where he is like collecting like chain link fence and manhole covers and shit and he's selling it to the scrap metal yard guy. And you know, he gives and he gives his little sales pitch to the to the scrap metal guy. Guy, yeah. hey, I want a job. I do this. I do that. Whatever. And it's like as soon All as he launches the into corporate it, buzzwords. Yeah, but as soon as he launches it, you're like, oh, this is a very rehearsed pitch, you know. And the very first trailer, like, or, or it's not even really a trailer, but the very first like promotional anything that I saw for this movie, it was like a YouTube video, and it was literally just him, just Gyllenhaal giving basically that monologue right full of jargon like to a bunch of different people and he really he gives it one time to the scrap metal yard guy and that's really it but they cut together like him doing it to like various different people as like a viral video like promotional thing yeah and you didn't you literally that was all it was you didn't know what the movie was about like the tv news thing wasn't didn't enter into it it was just him giving that monologue about like I'm a hard worker. I learn fast. My motto is: if you want to buy, you want win the lottery, you got to have enough money to buy a ticket. Yeah, you know, like, and it was just that, like, cut between like six different versions of it, and it's like looking back, you're like, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, that's what this fucking movie is. It's just this fucking crazy guy who doesn't know what the fuck reality is, and is just so completely detached from it. I mean, it's. I'm blown away by, and I've always loved Gyllenhaal, but I am blown away by his performance in this movie. Yeah, no, it was excellent. Like I mean, he I, really, really did it. Yeah, and I mean the physical transformation too. Yeah, no, he's super gaunt. He's super skinny. Um, there's also like a, a, one of those like really and his s- eyebrows are out of control. <laughs> no, the other thing that I love is just like again, it's one of those like simple, subtle little things. Uh, through a lot of this movie, he's wearing, uh, like button-down shirts, but, like, short-sleeve button-down shirts. There's something about short-sleeve button-down shirts that just instantly feels like 
unhinged from reality to oh, me. Oh, yeah. I, like, I don't know anybody who wears short sleeve like, Oxford shirts. But, like, as soon as you see it, you're like, that's a weird thing, you know? <laughs> like, I know, dude, like, I wear a button-down shirt to work every day, and I roll my sleeves up because I don't like long sleeves, but I don't know anybody who owns short sleeve button-down shirts. I have a that's couple... fucked up and weird. I have a couple that I inherited. I have never, ever yeah. purchased one. No, no, it's super fucked up. It's yeah. like a very, it's like... You, it's it's a weird detachment from like current yeah, reality. No, some, something about it is weird. Yeah. It feels out of time in the, a way. The point is, Gyllenhaal, amazing in this. Yeah, I mean, my favorite movie with Gyllenhaal is still Bubble Boy. Well, even I, at, I, even I can't after, fault you for that. Even after this, yeah. But it's Gyllenhaal I, is really good. Like I said earlier, at leaving himself out of it. Yeah. I buy Jimmy Livingston as Jimmy Livingston. I buy Donnie oh, Darko sure. as Donnie Darko. And I buy Lou Bloom. Lou Bloom, which is an interesting name. Yeah. As Lou Bloom. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's the same guy, but like, Jesus. Yeah. And he's got a couple of really, really great monologues in this movie. Um, obviously, there's the, the pitch to the scrap metal guy. But the one that just knocked me totally fucking sideways was this his monologue to Rene Russo. Holy shit. Where okay, so first of all, first Ooh. of all, wait, for, before we get into that, <laughs> we have to talk about so he has this he, he wants to he like he likes her and he invites her out to dinner. They go to a Mexican restaurant and he gives this whole pitch of like, you know, I think we need you know, we should have a personal relationship. Like I you know, I want to be with you and, you know, that will lead me to giving you better news stories or whatever. But then, you know, you get to the bit where he shows up with the footage from the home invasion and he gives that crazy fucking monologue where he's listing off like what he all of his demands. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And it ends with that like. And when we're alone in your apartment, you will do the things that I want you to do as opposed to what happened last night. And you're like, what the fuck? Right. And, and it's, it's fantastic yeah. that they don't show you Ex- any, any exactly. of that shit. Because they, in, they, they like intimate with it earlier, but then they don't actually show any of it. So you're like, wait, are they fucking each other? Are they sleeping together? Like, I don't really know. Or is she stringing him along? But as soon as he says that, you're like... Oh fuck! Their relationship is going on in like seven different levels that I don't yeah, even know yeah, about. It's great, and I I have no great love for Rene Russo. Yeah, I'm aware. Never have. I'm aware. Thomas trying to fair Rene Russo. You're old. <laughs> you're old. But it totally works for you. Like, she's like, great in this movie. No, she. I. She like totally this, buys into right, the cult no, of Lou Bloom in this movie. After this, I. I am comfortable saying we yeah. are in a renaissance of Rene Russo. Mm-hmm. I am totally happy with her in the Marvel movies and in this. I feel like Rene Russo at this age is owning Rene Russo at yeah. this age, and she's not trying to have sex on the stairs like in Thomas Crown Affair, yeah. which was really, really weird and really just awkward. Like, yeah. But like, no, she's great in this. She's a good actress. Um, she knows what she's doing, and she knows how to play her part. And I think there is a great strength in yeah. that. I think there's she's also really good in this. She's yeah, really she's good. Great. I think there's also an interesting subtext to this, which is like 
you know, and I, you know, this comes up when we talk about like war reporting, and I think it kind of first came up with Vietnam, but you know, it's come back up again with Afghanistan and Iraq, which is like Gulf re- War. Well, like embedded reporters who are like out on a battlefield, yes. and it's like you know, they're they're shooting footage of you know you know soldiers who are injured and yeah. bodies lying in the street and stuff yeah. like this, and, and people react and they oh. say like, how do you film that stuff? Why aren't you going to help this person? You right. know, right, and. You know, the movie, in a way, like, it, it draws a line in that, in a sense, this is a movie about professionals who are out doing their job. They're getting footage of, you know, police officers, you know, saving people from car wrecks or from or firefighters helping people from, you know, house fires or, you know, home invasions or whatever. And these, you know, these cameramen, these reporters who are just sort of, like, out on the scene getting, you know, dispassionately getting footage of it so that the people can see... And, you know, at what, where do you draw the line, basically, between, you know, putting down the camera to help a person in need and, like, no, I'm here to document it. And that's, like, in war, it's a different thing because it's like, no, there are soldiers who are here to help people and to get the job done, and my job is to document it. My job is not to, you know, get in the middle of things. My job is not to, you know, jump into the fray. Um, but, you know, with Lou Bloom, like, he's such an obvious sociopath like he's such a clearly unhinged human being that it draws kind of a you know a you know a straightforward line where you're like oh no he's like he's doing horrible things but he's also clearly a horrible person i mean he literally sets up his partner to get fucking shot that was amazing holy fuck that moment like blew my goddamn mind oh yeah it's astound- that is an astounding fucking moment. And you're like, I don't like you're not a, you're not a person anymore. You're like That's you're like a like, cipher of a person. See, it's like it's 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 fascinating because you're not I mean the the what's his name? The partner. Rick. So you're not really tied to Rick. Yeah, he's your he's your point of entry. Yeah, he, he feels like the Winston of this movie. He's, he's the your, human audience he, surrogate. Right. I mean, he is if if there is a voice to the conscience mm-hmm. that John Hall doesn't have, yeah. it's Rick. Mm-hmm. No question. Um, but when Rick effectively sends him to be killed, yeah. it's yeah, uh, you mean when when Lou sends him to be killed, right? Yeah, S- excuse me. Yes, when Lou sends him to be killed, you don't feel it. Yeah, you just watch it. Yeah, and it's it's real. I, I I know it's semantics to draw a line between troubling and disturbing. Yeah, but it's it's. It makes a voyeur out of you in a really uncomfortable way. No, absolutely. And more than once, in fact, just in the last, like, week, I've watched, like, two different, uh, like, news footage or, like, candid camera type videos of people getting killed. Where, like, one was, like, a traffic stop where a guy got out of a car and a cop shot the guy. And one was, like, a disturbed woman who, like, went to a police station and, like, clumsily lunged at a cop and the cop shot her dead. And so it's, like, this this sense of, like, that footage of people getting killed or footage of, like, dead bodies, like, lying out in the street or whatever, like, that's become, like, commonplace and it's, like, no big fucking deal anymore. And, like, where do you draw the line between, like, like an actual, like, emotional human person who's, like, trying to do their job, who's, like, trying to be a professional 
and like get this sense across. Well, like, see, what what is the distinction between Bill Paxton, right, and and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Well, see, that's the thing. Is it like, and I think the line is Rick. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Rick, he's a sociopath too, but in a really different. Well, kind of no, way. no, in a di- no, I don't. I wouldn't call him a sociopath. I would say he is uh, confined by uh, this his circumstances in that. You know, right. he's introduced as, like, basically a homeless guy. He's, a nor- he's basically a homeless right. guy. In right. fact, he might even not only be a homeless guy, he might also be, like, prostituting himself. Fair enough. You know? That's not the point. The point is that... But he's, like, he's willing to settle for $30 a day, and when he says, name your price, he says $75 a day. Like, he's getting, you know, thousands of dollars per clip, and this guy's going, 75 bucks a day. Oh, I probably could have got more, couldn't I? And he's like, like yes, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So, like... Like I don't feel bad for for Rick. I don't pity Rick because no, 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 well, no. I mean I do pity Rick, but I don't I don't feel like weird about Rick because he just like doesn't understand the environment that he's right. in right no, now. That's granted, but at the same time, there is a price yeah. at which he's willing to sell out. Oh sure, his discomfort, fifty percent, his feelings of morality, mm-hmm. whatever. And there's there is a there's a I'm just gonna. There's a sickness to that. Oh sure. I mean, the whole idea of morality, I think, is that it's morality, mm-hmm. and you don't sell it out no matter what the price is. Fucking wrong. Yeah. And he doesn't have that. That's Maybe. True. I mean, and if he does, it's not that strong. Yeah. And if that is the absolute limit, like that's the entry point for yeah. us, and the limit for uh, Lou. Yeah. That's really screwed up. Absolutely. And at the point, granted, yeah, he says many times to, to Lou that it's really messed. This is some fucked up shit. And it is. But it's, I mean, you've got to give it its due. That's really messed up. And it's a, it's a sociopath thought, even if he's not a full-on sociopath the way Lou is. There's one last thing I think we need to mention, and that's, you know, we're talking about uh, Born Identity. Born mm. Identity, which is written by Tony Gilroy, yeah. um, who did Michael Clayton, and he... Which I also haven't seen yet. He writes, I think he writes, or he at least has a writing credit on all three of the Matt Damon movies, and then he also directed the Jeremy Renner movie. Oh, really? Um, uh, his brother, Dan Gilroy, is the director of My, of Nightcrawler. Oh. So there's a great inadvertent connection Look here. You did. I know. I, by accident, I actually connected these movies, which I think is fantastic. So. Look at you. So there's a nice little Gilroy connection here. Yeah. Um... But no, I mean, I look. I, we're we're coming up on time here. Uh, it's almost it's almost time for the Super Bowl. Um, so let's do uh, Heart of the Ghostbusters here. Easy, go for it, Brian. Uh, Brian. I was going to say Brian Cox. And Brian. Cox. That's not it's right. Not Brian it's Cox. Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton. Uh, absolutely. Okay. See, now I was going to say the only. I feel like the only two real options here are Bill Paxton or Rick. Rick. I, I feel like those are the only two choices no, here. No, Rick. Rick would be too sad. Rick is you have to buy him all his drinks, and, <laughs> and, and 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 he would just be kind of – he'd be too quick to agree with you on everything you said. That's probably fair. That's probably fair. Whereas Brian Cox is a little bit you of a ball. You mean Bill Paxton? Fucking A, Stop yes. Saying Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Bill Paxton will bust your balls a bit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would be a fun drink because it's Bill Paxton. I was a little sad. I wanted more Bill Paxton in this movie. He's got a couple Ooh. of great bits earlier. I was. Who I wanted didn't? him to more show up more. Who didn't? I could use more Bill Paxton in, in everything. everything that yeah, I watched. we all need a little more Bill Paxton. Is, this is like game over, man. <laughs> game over. 
Bill Paxton's awesome. Absolutely. Look, yeah. I'm always up for more. Bill I want more Bill Paxton, even though I keep saying Brian Cox. I want more Bill Paxton in uh, the movie that I just watched. I don't know what was the movie you just watched. <laughs> the one that we just talked about. Uh, Born Identity? Yeah, that You want one. more Bill Paxton in Born, Born Identity? Born Identity, because it would be better. Well, look, Bill Paxton makes everything better, so. Correct. Uh, I have to agree with you. I mean, I like I like Rick in this, uh, you know, he may, be, he may be turns a little at the end, but I, I like Rick. For most of it, um, I like him for most of it, but the but the but at the end of the day, he's willing to sell himself out yeah. for half. Yeah, and I guess. I mean, I think I. And what you I, don't want to have a drink with half. What I like about you him, you want to have a drink with the whole guy. He's like the subservient conscience. Like he knows that what's going on is fucked up, but he's like, you're right. He's willing to go no, with it. No, no, no. I think he's subservient until he's the conscience. No, 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 no. I see. See, I think he's like the one who, through the movie, is like. Hey, you're driving too fast. Hey, this is fucked up. Hey, I shouldn't be filming this. But at the end of the day, he's like, you're going to give me half? Whatever, man. I'll go film it. Yeah. You know, like... That's like, not who you want to have a drink with. He will with. spend the that, whole time... That night ends really badly. Yeah, he will spend the whole time, like, protesting what's going on. But at the end of the day, if you throw enough dollars... I mean, again, look, he's a fucking homeless guy who that... might be prostituting himself. So I can't fault his position. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you throw enough dollars at his face and he's willing to go with you it. You and I both know that night ends at a titty bar in Bill Ricca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. I'm not. You're not wrong. I don't want to end there. That's not where you want to end the night. Too bad. That's where we're ending it. Jesus. Uh, well, that just about does it for the daily screening this week. Next week, we will be watching <laughs> The Bourne Supremacy. Supremacy. Uh, the Bourne Supremacy, which is the second Bourne movie. We will also be watching, I think, American Sniper. I think that is the last big like Oscar-type movie my that we haven't parents, seen yet. My parents, theoretically, are yeah. going to see that today Ooh. because... There's nobody in the theater. A good call. That's my folks. Um, so we're gonna watch America's Seven this week. Hopefully, uh, I might we might be able to wrangle a special guest for next week. Ooh, uh, we'll see. I don't know if guess anything because we'll see. Um, but uh, hopefully, we'll wrangle a special guest for next week. Um, I have very low expectations for American Sniper because I don't like Clint Eastwood movies as a rule. But uh, but yeah. you know we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm forgiven. Exci- I'm excited about it. Unforgiven is the only one I like. Unforgiven is the only Clint Eastwood movie I like. Fair enough. So. Dirty Harry? I, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm very unfamiliar oh, wait, wait, with Dirty Harry movies. With director? Yeah, director. Oh, okay. with director. Yeah. All right, all right. We've had fun talking. I hope you've had fun listening. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Go Pats. Go Pats.